Yeah, brother. There's a lot of people out there talking about us, for us, at us, but seldom with us. So it's time that we get out there and express our voices, share our worldview, and become accountable. Why? Because I am Five Fibs. A podcast that invites free-thinking black men into a shared space for unapologetic conversations about contemporary issues related to self, society, and the world. So join us for these provocative moments. Let's get at it. Welcome to I Am Five Fifths. I'm your co-host, Ahmad Mansoor. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Thomason. What up, Black man? What's going on, Dollar Bill? How you doing, my brother? Oh, man, it's a good day in the neighborhood, <laughs> as well, Mr. Rogers used to say. It's a good day in the neighborhood, man. Well, man, you I, I won't tell where you are, man, but you're in a good no. neighborhood. You're in a, you're in a good neighborhood to, to, to make it a good day, man. So I'm glad that uh, that you're taking full advantage of that. Yeah, man, don't tell nobody where I'm at, man. <laughs> no, I, hey, man, I know, I know you're on the most wanted uh, list, man. I, hey. Man, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to stay in my witness protection program. Brother, I've already saw your picture up on uh, at the post office, man. So, you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't, hey, I'm not going to tell on you, man. Thank you, man. It was all saying snitches get stitches, right? <laughs> you, you know what, man? I, I got to tell you, I, I do not like that. Uh, um, that terminology man for our community why um, not because what what it says i mean like in many ways i get it because you and i grew up in areas man where you know there are some rules of the game on the street mm-hmm. uh and part of that is man that snitches get stitches man but on the other side of that man you know what if something like really terrible happens you know in the community and you know, by by being silent, um, you know, you you don't get to see justice occur. You know, because that there's that other term too that they now use, man, which is silence is violence. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't know, man. I you know, I've just always felt like you know, in our community, you know, where there's a lot of crazy things that can occur not always occur but can occur um that you know part of justice man is is also um being able to make sure you get justice by telling the truth you know anyhow that's 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 my that's my virtue of the day man you know what man that's a good virtue because you know i remember when fools broke in my house growing up as a kid in Detroit. <laughs> and you know there were people in the neighborhood that knew who did it. Absolutely. Because you always got them nosy neighbors that anytime a little noise is made, you can see them curtains going back, <laughs> right? And them blinds going yeah. up because they they don't miss a thing in the neighborhood. They They saw me when I was skipping school. Right. <laughs> they saw me when I was skipping school, hanging out at home and they could call my mama and say, little Bill was home. He wasn't in school, but y'all couldn't see who broke in my house. Nah, man, see, you, that, that, that's real talk, man, because we know growing up, man. Come on. That there, there were some snoops out there, man. Brother, brother doing something crazy. That's you right. Know? You you know that that was going to get back to the home base, so that's sure. right. Little Bill skipping school, everybody <laughs> see that. Absolutely. But when somebody breaking your crib and then they walk out your house with a colored television out the front door, I know, and, and don't nobody see it. So man, as they say, don't get me started. But I hear you, man, because <laughs> in that silence, you know, a lot of those. You know, I look back on that, man, and you that, that was that's just a small example. Yeah, yeah. But I look back on that, and you're right, man. Like, what does that do? That perpetuates the 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 incident, more incidents of people getting their homes Absolutely. broken into. Absolutely. Because these people know I can break in these homes and ain't nobody gonna say nothing. Yep. So I'm gonna just keep doing it. And you know, I you know my drill, man. My drill. I told you, man. My mom was a single mom, working two jobs and going to school, man. So, 
you know, when we left the house in the morning, man, we wouldn't come back to eight, nine, ten o'clock right. at night. So, so you needed someone, man, to uh, keep an eye on it and tell the truth, man. So, not for sure, brother. Right. Hey, so today is kind of interesting, man, because yes, when I, yes. we we've been talking about what's been in the news um, over the last week, and that is this huge amount of cash that was dropped on van jones to the amount of 100 million dollars man yep. you believe that hey man that brother that's a lot of amazon prime memberships it's <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of memberships absolutely absolutely <laughs> so so what i found interesting about that 100 million and you and i have talked about this is that it really brings up a lot of questions around you know who gets to be invested in with that $100 million. Now, we should say that that Jeff Bezos did say that the money that Van Jones received, that there was no strings attached. So essentially, he could use it for anything that he want to use it for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Van Jones, who, you know, to his credit, there's a lot of things that I would disagree with Van Jones in terms of how he positions himself in the zeitgeist but one of the things that i will give him credit for is that you know he has run some programs that are relevant to our community whether it's the cut 50 which is about cutting prison populations by 50 percent or he does something around tech and kids and coding yeah and coding so I, you know i give him the love on that but you know, I, I want to get your opinion on this, but let me just add this so that we can really break the stain open. And that is that it's really not about Van Jones. The larger question that I really would like to have a conversation today about is about all of the investing that has gone into or the grant making that has gone into uh, the Black community since George Floyd, what does that mean? How can we measure that? And I can go on with it, but I'm going to stop there. Matt, and you, you talk in a tune of millions of dollars. I mean, you know, the, the sad thing is, Matt, it took a tragedy like that to get people around this philanthropic, you know, movement. Like Jeff's wife, ex-wife, I should say, Mackenzie, you know, I think the year, was it last year, man, she gave away, I forgot the number, but I know she gave money to Prairie View A&M. Well, I got a, a partner of mine in Detroit that's uh, an alum of Prairie View, him and his brother. And I'm saying, man, I know they ain't seen 50 million probably in years. Right. Right. But she gave money to Prairie View and a number of other. And it's like right after that in the, in the social unrest, rioting, whatever you want to call it, um, people all of a sudden decided we need to start giving money to black people now. How, how, do, you feel, how, how do you feel about that? I'm, I'm curious. Man, you know, I, I, I'll be blunt. I got mixed feelings on it. On one hand, I said it took a riot and a man to be murdered in front of the world to all of a sudden people to realize that, you know, there's so much need in the black community. And so people are going to throw millions of dollars. But my point of mind is where is that money going? Yeah. We know Black Lives Matter's got a lot of it, right? Mm -hmm. But what did they do with it? Now, look, you and I have had this conversation. All of them signed, and I mean, you know a little bit more about this than I do, but they signed deals with CAA, Creative Arts, seven figures, yeah. all of them. Yeah. And so that's movies, books. Whatever else, they all, you know, didn't they buy some homes in man, Beverly bought, Hills? Man, they bought homes. They bought homes out of the country. Essentially, um, they appear to represent not the movement that uh, that our grandfathers and fathers started back in the day. Um, what I find interesting about this bill is that the money came down so fast mm -hmm. and the question becomes, you know, who gets to be invested in? So my whole 
position has been from the start that the funding that's really hit the streets has really been to fund, you know, well-educated, nonprofit, Black professional class uh, people. And, you know, who will, you know, you know, uh, have their organizations funded. But I don't know how much of that is directly connected to these communities that are catching hell every day mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. are in tough positions. What's the investment in them? Because a lot of times, man, what I find and what I see is that you have a group of people who are out there using the misery index of black people yes, to yes. go out there and, and, and sell, you know, sell the problem and they, and they get paid for it. But those things are not direct investments and in really changing the conditions on the ground. And so I've just become really curious as to what the, you know, what does this mean? Um, and really, how can we measure impact under these circumstances? Because you know that money is going to go away at some point. Ahmad, I'm sitting up here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking my lemon water with my fresh ginger in it, trying to keep my blood pressure down, brother. <laughs> I, feel, I could feel the blood pressure rising. Because, man, you just hit me with a, 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 you hit me right between the eyes. Because, see, that's my whole thing is around accountability and transparency with where this money is going and who is it, who is it getting, who is it benefiting. Like I said, we looked up, you could just rattle off a list of all the companies, Disney, Verizon, uh, Nike, you know, Walmart, man, all of these huge company gave not one or two million 50 million 100 million dollars and they would always say in the in the tagline right to black organizations right and you know um wasn't like i followed it and i have to think somewhere that somebody is tracking it i don't know who it is uh so if you're listening to this podcast and you know please let us know we'll have a a place on the website where you can add uh, information because that for me has was the thing that was the most painful to watch is that this it took a man getting killed and a riot and a social uprising again whatever you want to call it to get these people to realize that i need to start doing my and now like i said quote unquote everything's back to normal my Yep. Ain't nobody giving money no more. Right. Everybody's, you know, you don't hear about now. Jeff, Jeff put some money up, but I'm I'm laughing because he's like, man, probably was sitting around. His ex-wife gave more money than he did. So he's probably like, <laughs> again, I don't know Jeff. So this is just me talking. We, right? we don't we don't know Jeff, but you know what? The, the, you know, we know that he's a competitive guy and probably with his wife as well. Hey. And, uh, and and probably <laughs> found that maybe found it embarrassing that his wife was. Uh, so generous, you know, with the money, really kind of to black folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really signaling that um, that she had more than enough money to live on. That, uh, to me, that to me, that was her. That was the message there. Hey, man, I guess his ego maybe couldn't have take the Richard Branson beat him in the space, too. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, man, True. my wife then out gave me Richard Branson and beat me getting into my 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 bottle rocket to the sky no man poor 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 trillionaire man (laughs) and you know look this is not you know you and i have said from day one right the one thing that we will never be about this podcast is we will never play the victim right the other thing we will never be is we're going to be unapologetic again jeff bezos if you're listening we welcome a conversation with you Absolutely. But for now, I'm going to have some fun with you and your bottle rocket <laughs> to the sky and how Richard Branson beat you, right? He got, he got you. So, and now Van, now you look, me and you both know Van from his years in the Absolutely. Bay Area. Absolutely. I worked, I worked with him. Yeah, you know, I, I know Van, you know Van. And, you know, we watched him before he got on, what is he on, CN, CNN? 
No, well, he was on CNN. He was on CNN, but you you remember when he was actually running uh, the nonprofit for uh, Green for All, and then before that, Ella Baker. It was the Ella Baker Center, and that that's where I worked with him when I was uh, there. Hey, can can I, can I bring up something that you mentioned, man? That is right on point, and you mentioned the victim aspect of it. So yes, another yeah. piece of this, especially when it comes to philanthropy and all this money that's being given. You know, one of my concerns is whether um, these type of investments, what they end up doing is feeding the victim machine. Yep. Because often when this money comes in, it, it came in based on, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, white guilt, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. one of the challenges that at least I'm having, and it sounds like, you know, you would probably agree with me, you know, you could tell, you can say or not, but that, you know, we're in a moment right now where, you know, what is conveyed to the general public is grievance, it's identity politics connected Mm -hmm. to grievance, like how we are, you know, wronged and how they, the external world is, solely responsible for our affect. And so, you know, and that has kind of made itself into the, to the core of what I, what I like to refer to as the, uh, the, the black uh, uh, homogeny. Mm-hmm. And so my, my question to you is, um, with these type of investments, these type of grant making and, and philanthropy, can it end up really having a long lasting effect on how we come to identify ourselves with blackness? Man, you, you, you dropping you dropping some hard questions on a brother today. You know, um, I never want money to be a determining factor in anything as it relates to our people and how we, you know, rise above and, you know, how we, we navigate in this world, man. I, I, I go back to, you know, I have to say it, man. I go back to the, the uh, slaves. And then right after slavery, we had, you know, where the uh, Freedmen's Banks and the Freedmen's Bureau was established. So I always go, I mean, I might've even said this on a, prior podcast, but I always go back to when you read the mission statement for the Freedmen's Bureau that occurred in a Freedmen's Bank that occurred right after slavery. It was the economic improvement of the newly freed American Negro slave, something right. like that. Yep, yep. And, and I always think about like, what if they had ever actually did that? Now we know the Freedmen's Banks got looted by white folks, basically. Right, right. All that money that went into all that, the white folks looted it and they mm-hmm. took the money. And then at the end, they rolled up on our boy Frederick Douglass, who uh, Donald Trump still think is alive. <laughs> they rolled up. That's I was gonna say, man, Frederick Douglass, that brother, man, he probably drinking something more than lemon water and ginger <laughs> than I'm drinking if that brother's still alive. But you know, they come to Frederick Douglass basically by the time it's over, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, and he, and basically he said, we just got to close it. You know, we can't, we can't do it. And I, I guess, Ahmad, the, the, you know, that's a long winded way of saying, man, I just, there, there's some things that I just feel like I don't want to always feel like there has to be a dollar sign. There's, sure. there's, there's ways, man, that I think we got to, things that we, we don't do anymore, man, where we, you know, band together, like, you know, again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm singling out Van. I mean, so he's identified by Jeff Bezos for whatever reason, you know, maybe he's the cool Negro dude of the day or who knows, but maybe they homies, man. Maybe mm-hmm. he was in his rocket ship with him, man. I don't know. <laughs> he may have been actually. Right. But, you know, and from what, and I'll let you elaborate on this. You know, I know that all that money is not going to go to black organizations, right? Van, Van is not going to give that money to black That's organizations. Right. But, but you know, boy, there's a lot of fun people doing phenomenal work in our community that are just underfunded. 
and could, you know, in our black colleges, I've had people argue with me, are black colleges even necessary anymore? I didn't right. go to a historically black college and I don't, you didn't either. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to my friends that did, they will scream and shout that they're absolutely still necessary. Right. You know, so, you know, what does that say, Ahmad? My, my answer is honestly, brother, there are days when I just don't know. Right. That's my answer. I just don't know some days. So I have, I have another question for you, and this is probably more up your alley, given the fact that, you know, you're an investor and you and I both know a lot about social impact. That's been part of our own kind of personal and professional missions. Um, so if, if you had to think about what kinds of things would need to be invested in our community. Uh, let, let's say that, you know, all of that money was put in a pot, you know, um, and, and we had a committee to think about where it should go. Now, th this is a pipe dream because this would never happen. But um, where name a couple of things that you would want to see invested in for our community to have true impact. Oh, man, I tell you, one of the best programs I've ever seen was the Harlem Children's Zone and okay. Dr. Jeffrey Canada. Right. I think there needs to be one of them in every major urban city in America. Right. And if I remember right, our former president, Barack Obama, during his uh, run, either before he became president or maybe while he talked about doing that. Well, yeah, well, there, there, I'm, I'm sorry to break in. So there was funding that came out of the Obama administration for what they end up calling um, promise zones or, or okay. prom what they call promise neighborhoods. And it was based on the, on the Jeffrey Canada model. And obviously with those type of things, um, there's success in some areas and success in others. But what, what do you like about that? That really um, has kind of caught your attention. Dude, because it encompasses the entire family and community. Sure. And, and, and I remember hearing the story of how Jeff, Dr. Canada started that. He started on a street corner and then he, mm -hmm. you know, saw some drug dealers and he basically was like, hey, you know, I can't tell you to stop selling drugs, but I can just ask you to not sell them here. Right. Because I'm trying to do something. So go to the next block. And I guess that went on and on and on. That's a story that I heard. Sure. What I love about it, man, is that here's a man, he got right in the community, grassroots, right? Didn't, you know, he didn't even have no funding when he first started. He didn't get funding for years until, if I remember right, a, a, a wealthy white Jewish man gave him the real money that he needed mm -hmm. to get started. But it encompasses the whole family from the time a child is born where they've got health care, good health care, quality health care. They've got schools. They've got, edu they've got uh, edu um, uh, athletic programs. They've got a health care program. They've got everything you need to sustain a community. Now, look, I didn't go to college for urban planning or design. But what I do know is that for a community to thrive, you need some basic essential elements. You need a good educational system. You need a good healthcare system, right? I'm sitting up here drinking ginger water and lemon, right? I ain't doing it because it necessarily tastes good. I'm doing it because I know it's good for me. And, you know, you need education around that. Like you and I were joking earlier, man, about Ripple. Right now, if you listen to this podcast, are, 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 you, are you really going to bring that up, my brother? Oh, yeah, brother. I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I'm bringing ahead. it up because if you listen to this podcast, you don't know what Ripple is. Go ask somebody over 50. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what Ripple is. But we, we have certain things in our community that are just not good for our health that we've been doing. So I'm just saying. Dr. OK, Canada good example. Good example, man. <laughs> have, have done a phenomenal job of creating this community that's, that sustains itself from, you know, we've heard the saying from birth to the grave, right? They've even got a program for elderly people to be taken care of. So that's right. where I want, like, I, I'm going to tell you, man, if I'd heard Jeff Bezos 
gave a hundred million dollars to Dr. Jeffrey Canada, man, I'd be jumping up and down. Yeah. So, you know, so that's one area. And I think that's a really good one. How about real estate, man? Because, you know, what I find here is that even in the Southern California area, and I'll speak to a particular uh, neighborhood right now in the Los Angeles area where it's called Lemert Park. And Lemert Park has historically been a cultural gem. It's been a it's been a hub for uh, a lot of art uh, and culture and gathering and food, et cetera. And now, you know, since LA has totally committed to putting transportation systems in, and so you now have the light rail that's coming through um, through the Crenshaw district. And now what you're finding is, is that something that I never thought you would see is that there is kind of this gentrification process that's, that's taking place in the area. Now, I'm saying this to say that in many ways that has put a lot of pressure on um, Lemert Park residents to um, find ways to stay there. And so there's been some demonstrations. There's been the typical things that one do when they kind of feel the heat of power and money um, as, a, as a pressure point on them. Mm-hmm. Now, I look at that and I say to myself, you know, why can't we just purchase the block? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like Jeffrey Canada, like Jeffrey Canada, on the real right? on the real estate on, on, in the Harlem Children's Zone. On the That's real estate. Right. Okay, I didn't know he owned the real estate, but to my knowledge, I think he does. Okay, okay. I think he does. I can't. So, don't quote me on that. Though. So let's just take this piece, and you know, you you have all of these people who who call themselves investors, who um, you know, who kind of like to you know uh, pop champagne as entertainers and. And and, uh, and athletes and whomever is out there, right? Um, why aren't they? Why isn't there investment in that block? Because that block is prosperous. It is something that everyone comes to, and it's not isolated. But it can be a way of like stabilizing a community gym, and so that that's what I would put as kind of a second. Uh, source of uh, investment, if I was looking at the at how this money was spent, would be in uh, in real real estate projects, so you could have a stake in these communities. Well, let, let's take a, a step back, man. You know, we talked about you know owning real estate. Well, you and I know that in the past, you know, we can go to the Tulsa uh, race right. massacre. Right. I told you in Detroit, we had an area called the uh, uh, Hastings street, sure. all these black businesses where the black business owners own the real estate mm-hmm. was wiped out. Mm-hmm. And now does that have anything to do with today? Probably not. Right. But what I'm saying is that, you know, we're right. And our ancestors realized it then. And I say our ancestors, right. You know, but you know what I'm saying, sure, man. Sure. Like the our the general, like our grandparents. Like, okay, I got, I got a great example, my. This the, again, I'm going right back to my own home and family. This is real. I found this out uh, from my mother. I didn't know this until I became an adult. Now, when I was in growing up, you know, anybody that's listening to this and you know the Detroit area, you know, there's an area of Detroit called Highland Park. And Highland Park was one of the most prosperous segments within the city of Detroit. It's actually where the very first plant that Henry Ford built uh, in the world, the first plant was in Highland Park. And it was a very prosperous community. It was called the City of Trees because I guess he brought in trees from all over and it was known to have these beautiful fruit trees, right? My grandfather, bought a house dog bought a house unheard of a black man buying a house in highland park in the 1940s you want to know how he did it dog what's up got a white dude to buy it right. put his name on it 
and then he he was able to buy it from him like sure. that. And you and I, I bet if we I talked to a number of OGs, right, they probably would tell you their father, or grandfather might have done the same thing. And he and, and now the other thing that Highland Park had, Ahmad, at the time, 40s, 50s, and 60s, it had the very best public school, uh, what is it, uh, district in the United States for like four or five decades, somebody right. told me. My mother and all her siblings all graduated from Highland right. Park High School. And Highland Park High School produced some of, like my mother went to school with a U.S. ambassador and all these other real famous people. And the point I'm bringing, why I'm coming back, my grandfather understood the importance of ownership. My mother told right. me he understood that he could not be if he wanted to raise a family he had to own the house and i think that man you know a lot of us maybe don't understand or realize the power of having ownership in something yeah and you know once again i i think you know when you look at those areas like whether it's a highland park or a lamert park or um, all these other neighborhoods that probably have some kind of historical cultural center um, that's kind of served as a hub. Um, to me, that that's, you know, when you start looking at kind of local economic development, that's just one area. Now, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to stay fixated on this. My, my point is this, is that, you know, I want to bring it back to the philanthropy. Mm-hmm. That is, um, it just, there was a lot of money that went out the door as we we've mentioned and i just don't really know how one comes to measure uh the success of that you know so i you know one of the areas that you and i mentioned was this whole idea around accountability and transparency and transparency can you talk a little bit about that what what do you think could be some really good accountability measures um, for getting an idea how this money was invested at this point. You know what I, you know what I was thinking, man, and I, I never heard anybody doing it. So you know how you have these uh, these consulting firms. You got Bain, Arthur Anderson. You know where I'm going, right? These big consulting firms, man, and they do accountability program develop all of that stuff every day, right? Why not go and create a black version of that? Yeah. Like, here's something for you, Van Jones. <laughs> Take yeah. some of that money, Van Jones, and go and create a black version of like Bain Consulting. Right. It's enough smart brothers and sisters out there where you could do it. And then one of the one of their projects could be to develop strategies, right? for the community. I'm just thinking out this this is all off the top of my head, man. That's what we're here for. It. Of course. All right. But then more, you know, so and 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 you look, yeah, you know, you and I have said it a, a bunch of times, man, right? Gil Scott Heron. What, what's black people famous for, Ahmad? What's the what's Gil Scott Heron say? All the Part, time. Partying in bull hitting. Right. Yep. Right. And so let's change that narrative. You know, and maybe what we do, we take some of that 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 money from the consulting firm that we created, and we pr- create you know something that I learned from the Wall Street Wizards, you know, where a cat named Paul St. Roseman, who you know, great brother, showed me like, hey Bill, if you're gonna run a nonprofit, you got to create some type of metrics that <laughs> measure the work that you've done based on the money you got. I'm like, say what? Right. Remember, I didn't I, when I started the Wall Street Wizard, I didn't know nothing about all that. So Paul St. Roseman comes in and this is a black man with a degree from Stanford and a uh, what is it? A, a Ph.D. in education, a master's. I mean, a, I know he got a master's in education. Mm-hmm. Then he got a Ph.D. in education and he comes and he's like, Bill. Yeah, man, you got you got to have some some metrics, bro. You got to have some 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 things that say, hey, man, based on this, all this money I got, these are the things that I was able to do. And here are the outcomes. That's the word. Here are the outcomes and all these things. And, and I think that, Ahmad, we should create something like that 
within our community for some of these programs. Because I remember reading somewhere that even the people that under Black Lives Matter at the various chapters, they was writing notes to the founders like, yo, when we going to see some of this money? This is coming in like that came. That was a public thing where they were. They was like, yo, we see all this money coming in. But us at this chapter, we ain't seeing nothing. When y'all going to start funneling that money down? Now That's public knowledge. No, that's huge. I, I agree. I think there should be some type of uh, design metric as a way of really evaluating everything that speaks to impact in the community. Otherwise, you know what, Bill, dollar bill, if we can't do that, man, you know what, let's just stop calling it a black community. Yep. Because the reality is, man, and I, I mentioned this earlier, like, I just simply see this as the black professional class. And I heard someone say this the other day, and I, and I love this term, the black misleadership class, and I'm sorry, but I just, I, that's what I believe right now, um, that they are just getting the bag on all this, man. Yep. And, you know, you and I come from communities, man, where we know and we see what it means, man, to uh, open up opportunities, you know, for, for people who may not necessarily see that. And, and these opportunities that need to be opened up is the result of systems failure in these public systems. So I don't think the money should go to these public systems. Nope. Um, we, we have to look at new ways of engaging people in our community in a way in which gives them, you know, and I hate using the Obama term, hope. Mm. Um, but really moving from hope to practice, to, 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 to an engine, uh, to a map, to things that can actually drive uh, people with hope to actually move towards something that is material, um, that has impact on their lives, man. Because right now, man, these, these communities are catching hell. And I sit up here and I look at the MSNBCs of the world or the see the, the, or the Roland Martins of the world. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm basically just talking about like these, these black media professionals um, that go on these shows and they talk like, man, like they're deeply connected, you know, into these neighborhoods and they're not, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they're getting the bag, you know, they're furthering their careers, you know, these are folks that they weren't hanging out with George Floyd. Nope. They didn't give a damn about George Floyd. Nope. If they, matter of fact, no, I'll tell you the other thing. If they saw George Floyd on the street right. themselves, right. they Absolutely. walking the other way. They're walking or, the other way. Or they might have called the police on George Floyd. And look, man, let's throw Soledad O'Brien in that, too. Okay. Remember when she came out with the, the history of black America or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember the name of it because I, I couldn't even watch it, <laughs> you know? And, you know, you know, look, I'm not, look, man, you know, I'm not bugging on nobody for who they married, who they with and all that, man. You right. know, but the point is, man, I don't even think Soledad ever been in a black community. Right. So, yeah, so, I don't and, know her and, history, but yeah. But, I, you know, and let me, let me flip, the, let me flip the script on you on something, man. Let me throw a question at you now. So you and I have had these conversations. So let's, let's talk about Goldman Sachs, man. Right. The iconic Wall Street you know, investment bank. If you ever was going to call uh, an investment bank, uh, an investment bank and what it stood for, Goldman Sachs got to be the first name off oh, your lips, right? Look, man, Go- Goldman Sachs is one of those places where they figure out who's going to be the next Treasury Secretary for America as part as, as part of their, their agenda. As part, as part of their community service and agenda. Yep. So let's talk about Goldman Sachs, I think, in MasterCard, who gave millions of dollars, but only to black women. Only black women are mine. Brothers right. like me and you. Right. Man, we 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 left out we left out in the weed field. Gotta, gotta make it on your own, <laughs> black man. But here we're gonna give it for black women. What yep. do you think about that, man? 
Well, I'm glad you asked me that, man, because I do um, acknowledge that these offerings to Black women really symbolize something huge that's taking place right now. And that is the decoupling mm-hmm. of genders as part of what was once described as the Black community. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're finding is, is that you know, black women have kind of cut off and kind of created their own brand, their own talking points that really speaks to uh, to black women. Mm-hmm. And somehow that gets tied to what is considered the community. Mm-hmm. And so when you have these um, these organizations like a Goldman Sachs, you know, committing $10 billion over 10 years Essentially, what they're doing is that they are participating in the reinvention, the the deinstitutionalization of uh, what it means to be a black community, where both genders make up that sense of identity, that sense of of uh, of inheritance, mm-hmm. and so. Um, what I feel about that is that this is part of kind of this agenda, um, this this agenda that really aligns uh, feminism and, uh, and Black feminism to the corporate uh, Wall Street uh, infrastructure um, and really positioning um, themselves in the way in which leaves black men, as you said, man, kind of looking around going, hey, what? What's going on? You know? And so I think one of the things you and I talked about, man, and I want to get your I want to get your opinion on this too, brother. But one of the things that you and I talked about is that uh we're we're gonna keep this on the front end because um I want to get the Goldman Sachs of the world uh in on this podcast to really yep. give us a um, to give us an explanation for this because the data doesn't support the moves that they made. It, it's not like you know uh, the disparities between black men and women are so broad that um, that it takes kind of um, focusing in on black women. Now, I'm not hating on on black women. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, that no. that the data doesn't support this, and that and that this kind of represents a new way, a new brand, a new way of reshaping what the black community really is. That it's it's in many ways trying to say, look, the black community is a is a matriarchy. You know that it's a it's a gynocracy. That it is. Um, it, that that it does not it is not defined by black men being part of that equation man you know what I, you know i like to go nostalgic up in this bad boy sometime man and back in 19 i think it was 1973 74 75 somewhere in there the movie claudine remember that Absolutely. James Earl Jones. Absolutely. With fine, fine Diane Carroll. Oh, love me some Diane Carroll. Diane my brother. Carroll. Woo! And fine Diane Carroll. But what was what was the underlying message in that for all of us that will use the word woke, right? Am I, yeah. Everybody like to use that word now, right? So yeah. let's use that word woke. The underlying message in there for the folks that's woke was what? It was cheaper. I mean, it was better for her to have the black man out of her home. Absolutely. Right? Yep. That she could have more money coming into her house without him around from the money that she got from uh, welfare. Absolutely. Right? Now, that's the underlying tone. Now, it was a romantic comedy and all of that. But for all of us that really saw the story, like that's really what it was saying, that that there was a, a system that was being built for black women that you'll be better off without that brother in the house. Just saying. Well, 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 brother, guess what? Like 
that that's it may have been set up as a romantic comedy but the reality is that the policies were set up to garner that type of result i mean that's my point i know i know it is yeah I mean, oh, okay right. yeah, yeah yeah definitely i mean so so this but, is what i'm saying i'm so now we got Goldman Sachs, MasterCard, yep. a few other folks that said, hey, we're going to give a whole lot of money to the black women businesses. Hmm. As Arsenio Hall, Hall used to say, brother, things that make you say, hmm, hmm. right? Yeah. So, so but you know, no brothers. You know, but they, if you're a black woman, you want to start a company. So l- let me just draw this scenario real quick. Oh, All right. So let's say you, you want to start a business and you're a black woman. And you looking around and you might know some smart brothers and you might or your husband or your boyfriend or your brother, but you're like, man, I'm trying to get this money. I can't have you on the founding team. I could hire you, yep. but I can't have you on the founding team. Now that that's a real simple way Dude, to look real. at it. And it's a lot deeper on, on but I'm just saying it's creating in my mind a way for women to start thinking like we don't need y'all. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what I got, the insight that just came to mind, and, and I'm sorry, sorry for trying to jump in there and interrupt you, but it was just hitting me hard, man, because of what you said. And that is the, the, the corporate entities are just picking up where the welfare system left off. So, mm-hmm. um, so now, you know, it's a private sector investment into this model of of of, um, of uh, the single female in the single female business. And so it's funny, man, because I, I wonder, what does that look like if you if you're a black man and you walk into uh, you, you walk into your your local bank, you know, that has this program and, you know, you have the same situation as the black female business and you go in there and say, Hey, um, I, you know, can I get some investment for this? <laughs> and they were well, like, alone. Let's say alone. It's a I, bank, yeah, right? Can, yeah. Can get, a get, a, can get a loan. Can I get a loan? Right. Uh, right. Under this, the, under this Goldman plan and literally based on what we know, <laughs> dude, they got to say, no, this is for black women only. Yep. Your business can't have this. You're a black man. And so, you know, one of the things that this speaks to, and this is the reason why I bought in the, the feminist and the black feminist um, perspective here is because this speaks to how black men are being designated as patriarchs, that, that we have more in common with white men than anyone, which is so off basis. Oh it's off. It's off basis man. from a data oh. standpoint. It's off basis from a power standpoint. It's off basis from what we mean or want to mean to our own community. You know, but the reality is, is that that's how we're being constructed. You know, so so when I look at this whole movement, what I see here is. I see a lot of performance. I see um, a lot of, of of grievance, and it's all in service. Even though George Floyd is kind of the symbol of all of this, but it's all in service of really cementing the infrastructure of black matriarchy and gynocracy. And you know what, man, as I'm sitting here, I'm listening, you know, you and I have got a few podcasts under our belt now, and, you know, we'll have a website up soon and people will be able to start writing us. So let me Mm -hmm. say for all the black women that's listening to this, don't take this as black women hate, right? right? You need to listen to what we're trying to say here. And I, and I, I will also challenge each and every one of you all before you write us some nasty email go watch claudine <laughs> and see what i'm talking about right because basically she was a woman that was almost made to choose between her kids or developing a relationship with james earl jones right right, right. and 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 
you know, like I said, there's a there was such a deep and strong social message in that movie. And, you know, now here we are, what, 40 years later, bro, right? 40, yeah. 50 years later. And it's being spun, but it's being spun, in my opinion, that's what it is, an opinion, is being spun the same way, but just it's it, as they say, they they dress the pig a little differently. They Absolutely. put a little hat on it, yep. put some lipstick on the pig. You've all we've all used that analogy, so yep. that's why I'm using it. No, absolutely. So Goldman is right. And 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 it's, you know, man, again, I'm not hating on um, like I was raised by a single mother. Of course. You know? All right. I'm not hating on women. That's the anybody say that they they definitely don't know me. But what I'm saying is that you agreeing with you and that they're creating this division. Yeah. And, and, and I also think that we have to also stop making excuses. And I'm not saying you're making an excuse, but we, we shouldn't have to, like, give a caveat all the time mm -hmm. that we have a critique. Um, because that, that's the other challenge, man, is that in order for our community to really deal with these challenges, man, we got to be able to first of all, man, speak fact and reason, but right. secondly, man, to have the tools and the abilities to have a conversation in which one is not demonized from offering a critique. And a lot of times, you know, as we know, you know, within our communities, that that becomes a challenge sometimes to uh, offer a critique of, uh, of, of black women uh, in a way that is not about denigrating them, but just simply about bringing our voice into the conversation. And so, like, you know, that that's something that, you know, I don't, I, you know, look, I don't care what the letters say. Um, oh, me I'm, I, I'm, I'm me pretty, either. I'm pretty stable with how I see and know and connect to, uh, to black women. Right. However, um, I want to be able to offer a, a, a social critique of what's happening today in our community all across the board, you know, as I'm sorry, Bill, as we know, brothers are put up on this on the on, on the chopping house every day, all day with a critique from everybody. And you know what? And those critiques that come. I mean, they're, they're not done with grace. <laughs> you know, a lot of times, you know, they're, they're very hard and, and really meant to put us uh, in the hole. So I'm not that guy. And I feel very, very good at, at, at conveying what I've conveyed today. Well, look, look at it this way, Black. George Floyd was critiqued the day he was murdered. Absolutely. Somebody drew a critique of him as a man was he passing a supposedly a yep. counterfeit $20 bill yep that ultimately ended up in him costing his costing him his life i Great. still don't know Great to this point, day man. if that was 20 if it was $20 or if it was counterfeit and the truth is even if it was it shouldn't have resulted in that man's death absolutely and absolutely. so we are critiqued every day by All everybody Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm like, we just said, brother, I'm unapologetic. The point I'm making is for women that listen, you know, as we just said, go. So again, I, I just did a shout out for Van Jones. I'm going to do a shout out for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> if you work right. for Goldman Sachs and you listening, we invite you because we we're going to, we're trying to find you. Yep. We want to have someone from Goldman Sachs because I would love to have that conversation with you around when you were sitting in, look, Amaya, you and I know at some point, somebody somewhere at Goldman Sachs decided to pull the trigger on this, right? So let's just, let's paint this scenario, Amaya. Somewhere, somebody, probably wasn't somebody black either, right? Just perhaps. saying. Yeah, could be. Perhaps, could have been, we don't know. That's what I want to find out. And they just said, okay, <laughs> we got all this money. <laughs> Let's give some money to the black folks. Everybody else is doing it. Somewhere, I'm just saying, where, who made the decision that it would be black women only yep. and not the black community? 
somebody made that decision, right? Somebody or somebody's made that decision. What 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 kind of thought process went through that we're gonna give money to women and we're not gonna give any to black men? Yes, just sir. Just saying. Just saying, my brother, just saying. So we can end it here unless you have any takeaways from this that you want to put out there before we say goodbye to our audience. But before, think about that for a second. But I do want to add this, too, because we were talking about uh, critique coming from uh, Black women. But also, man, we should also be telling that that critique also could come from black men <laughs> as you know oh, you know man. who who you know wah, wah, wah. i know man but i gotta put it out there, uh, no you're right you know man, those, right. those those cats man that you know feel inclined man to put on their shield and to you know to go out there man and you know play captain america i guess i can say captain american since yeah. from what i hear there's a brother who's now a captain america now yep, yep um who wants to play that role man and try to jam any brother up you know for uh being free and speaking uh their voice because i gotta tell you brother to this day there is nothing that gets everyone's hair up than a brother that wants to speak freely you know what, man, I have to end on this note because I think you just brought up something that has some relevance to what we just talked about. So, man, you know me, man. I'm kind of a, a, a comic book nerd, man. You know, I'm kind of an older dude. I don't buy comics anymore. I haven't collected right. comics in years. Right. But I love the old Marvel movies. Sure, right? sure. The old comic, the, the Marvel flicks. So I do watch uh captain america and i watched captain america and the winter soldier mm -hmm. on the disney channel and that's yep. anthony mackie who's yep. playing falcon the new captain america now i don't know if you remember anybody listening to this you know what scene i'm about to bring up <laughs> so it, so in the in the uh in the story anthony mackie slash the falcon marvel superhero Everybody in the world knows who he is in this in the and in the in the uh I'll just call it the show for because mm -hmm. I don't know what else to call it. Right. So in the show, Anthony Mackie is a business owner with his sister, had a family business in New Orleans where they were fishing. Uh fi I think it was fish and lobster and stuff like that. He goes into a bank, black, in New Orleans, walks in because they need money to keep mm -hmm. their business afloat. Now he's a superhero again in the show. He didn't fought aliens. He didn't fought Thanos. Brother didn't <laughs> fought every kind of villain you could think of and defeated him. Right. He walks in with his bank. I mean, walks in with his sister into the bank. The branch manager is white. And I know they, they wrote this on purpose. So he comes in, man, and he asks for a loan, Black can I get a loan for my business that's been around 50 <laughs> or 60 years? White branch manager want to take pictures with him, want his autograph. <laughs> he pumping him up. like, And then he's like, at the end, sorry, brother. We can't help you. And then he looks at him like, don't you know Tony Stark slash Iron Man? Can't he help you? Can't the white man help you? <laughs> and, and don't y'all get paid as superheroes? And to me, I watched that and I rolled over because I said they dropping knowledge on here. Now, here's a yeah. dude, like I said, he didn't defeat Thanos, the destroyer of the universe, man. This brother comes in to get a loan in his local bank, bro, and all they want is his autograph. And it won't give him a loan. Now it's it's a movie, it's a show, it's but it sent a message. No, that's no, no, relevant, brother. Because that's what we and he even walked out of there. You can see he walked out of there just like, are you kidding me? Right? I'm I didn't I'm on TV and all of that. I didn't say in the universe, and I can't even get a little loan to keep my little business going. Dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, we should say nothing else. That's mic drop right there, man. That's hey, mic man. drop. So with that, man, 
brother, this has been this has been a really good conversation. Uh, yes, went, went in some different places, but I am so happy because it it's all connected. And uh, and brother, thanks thanks for indulging Thank me you. today. Thank right. you, brother. Hey, and the last word out, Goldman Sachs, holla at us. Holla we want to know. Absolutely. <laughs> so five fifers out there. Thank you for tuning in today. You could check us at our website, imfivefifths.com. That's all spelled out. And we look forward to seeing you on our site and for our next episodes. All right, brother Bill. All right, Peace, brother. brother. Peace and love. <laughs>